0: Good morning and Happy New Year! Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. We are delighted to have you here for worship. Old friends and new, please pick up the friendship pad and pass it to everyone in your pew. Please sign your name so we are aware of your presence and we can all greet one another by name at the conclusion of worship. If you wish to talk to a Stephen minister confidentially, the Stephen minister on duty today is Tim Smith, and he is available in the narthex wearing a special name tag. Take a look at the bulletin for details of upcoming events and additional announcements. Um, Noel, at this time, could you come forward, please?
1: So now that this is uh, January, the optimists are meeting for lunch for the next three months. So it's sandwiches. There's a sign-up in the fellowship hall. It's $2 if you can afford a dessert. If you've had too many desserts for the last month, you might want to pass it up, right? Time to uh, lose a little weight. Put it on your grandchild communication device, right? This is the grandchild communication device. It's going to be this Friday at 12.30. Uh, I understand that uh, there's a little congestion in the parking lot uh, with the nursery school coming out, so it's better to either plan to be here at 12.30 or find another alternate parking space. And uh, congratulations to all the young people. Your prayers have been answered. There will be snow.
0: Thank you, Noel. Please join us for refreshments in Fellowship Hall at the end of worship. We will begin our service with a prelude.
2: Good morning, friends, and Happy New Year. Please join me in our responsive call to worship. Praise the Lord. The Lord gathers the outcasts, heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. The Lord takes pleasure in those who hope in God's steadfast love. Praise the Lord. Join me, friends, in the prayer of the day you find printed in your bulletin. Merciful God God of deliverance, we we praise you for sending Jesus as light for the nations. He is the glory and radiance of your compassion and care.
3: Our eyes behold the brightness of your promised righteousness. You illumine our darkness with the hope of your
2: justice. As generations before us, We stand stand in in awe awe of your splendor. splendor. We We bow bow down down to to worship worship you, lifting lifting our voices in praise of your goodness goodness and giving heed to your instruction.
3: Scripture tells us throughout history Israel turned from God by not believing the wonders God had done amongst them. Like Israel, we have difficulty believing God's grace is sufficient for us. With hearts turned to a new year, and with new confidence in the God who loves us, let us confess our sins to God using this corporate prayer. Source of salvation and bringer of light, we fail to sense the mystery of your love. We bear grudges against our neighbors while it is in your nature to forgive. We hold tightly to our possessions while Christ blesses the poor. In him you have spoken peace. Yet we have in turmoil. We care little for this planet, which you in goodness created for our habitation. In mercy, forgive us and help us. Amen. Wonder of wonders, God listens to our confessions and is merciful. God's goodwill overflows toward us in the Babe of Bethlehem, through that child who is our risen Lord. We plead for forgiveness and claim God's mercy and assurance of pardon. they finally made it. We watched the three wise men appear in the choir loft and then follow them every Sunday in Advent. Eventually they were up above the pulpit over here and now they're in front of the communion table because this is the Sunday before Epiphany. You thought Christmas was only one day. It actually is 12 days long. And one year, several years ago, I learned something I did not know. And that is, when we were on a mission project to New Orleans, the 6th of January, or Epiphany, is the official start of Mardi Gras. It's a surprise. Today we're going to read the Epiphany story. It's about the wise men. I always thought that they came to Jesus and they never wrapped their gifts for two good reasons. First, they were wise, and secondly, they were men. (laughs) Matthew chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go, search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: I have the joy and privilege of inviting our young people to come up into the chancel. I have something for you. Come on. Come on. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Here we are, the start of the new year, right? Maddie, thank you very much for your offering in your prayers, sweetheart, we love that you faithfully fill that out in your worship bag every Sunday. I remember your baptism on Valentine's Day. I bet you don't, do you? Valentine's Day 2010 was your baptism. We've got another baptism today. Did you guys notice that? We've got the baptismal font already. We've got a lot going on today, but it's really special that you are here, and I have a question for you. Who noticed the kings? Anybody notice the kings? Have you guys been tracking them? The kings, the wise men, the magi, the magicians. That's right, all three of them. They've been making their way from, as Pastor Bruce said, from the balcony, and bit by bit, closer and closer and closer. And now they're right up here. They're in the chancel. What do you think drew them to the chancel? Any ideas? Every Sunday did draw them well done, Cassie, but there 's something specific, Rachel, any ideas? Jesus. Baby Jesus, the light of the world drew them to the chancel. So what draws us to this sanctuary, this chancel this this holy place every Sunday? What draws us? <laughs> yeah. Guilty is charged. Nine times out of ten, friends, when a pastor asks you a question, the answer is Jesus. So Jesus draws us. The light of the world draws us to the chancel. Who's going to draw all the nations? I don't know. Oh, come on, guys. Help us out, folks. Jesus. The light of the world is good. Thank you, Anna Mae. Thank you, Kathy. Well done. You got the answer right. And who's gonna draw little Noah Lewis Privetera to the chancel? Jesus? Jesus. Well done, Cassie. You're getting the trend. And who's gonna draw the officers we're going to ordain and install? Jesus, well done, sweetheart. Well done. Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus is what draws each one of us, from the kings all the way to the present day, that draws us to one another. Now, when we all get kind of close, here, everybody get close. Come on, come on, bunch up, bunch up, bunch up, bunch up, bunch up. And you're right, Aaron. When we get we, when we get bunched up, we kind of get a little prickly, right? When we all kind of come together, we might our things might bother one another, and we might start thinking. Well, the light of the world must be shining on them a little more brightly than it does on me. And then the little green monster of jealousy might come out and make us not so nice to one another. We might get a little prickly with one another, right? Oh, how different it would be if we could remember that all of our songs and all of our scripture and all of our visual reminders in the chancel today tell us that Jesus loves who. Every single one of us. No more, no less. Every single one of us. That's great news, isn't it? And if we can share that good news, we can be the lights that Jesus is. We can reflect God's light through Jesus Christ. We can be that light and that good news to others. All we have to do is look for the original light, and when we see it, we reflect it. Sometimes those lights might be really, really dim. They may be a star way out. It may be the only star that's lighting up the night, but that star will dispel the night. Do you guys want to be that star? Do you want to be the ones who are breaking through the darkness? (laughs) Maddie, do me a favor, start there and pass. Everybody gets a star to remember that you guys can be a pinprick of light, a reminder that God's light, Jesus, draws us all here, and we then get an opportunity to reflect that light and be stars for everybody else. Now, while you guys are each choosing a star and passing it on, I'm going to invite the Privitera family up. And I want you all to notice that they've got one, two, three, four, five pews packed this morning. Yeah! Newt, if you'd like to come up and introduce this beautiful family, that would be fabulous. Our presiding elder, Newt Green. Go up to the uh, microphone for me, please, if you would. Everybody wants to hear about this family.
0: On behalf of the session, I present Noah Lewis Privetira, son of Drs. David and Danielle Privetira, to receive the sacrament of baptism.
2: Hear these words from our Lord and Savior from Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you even to the end of the age. Does he have the most beatific smile or what? (laughs) Danielle is a pediatrician, and this baby boy with the cute cheeks... He was more than nine, nine pounds at birth? Eight, eight pounds. Eight, eight at birth. Can you, are you still accepting patients? What a great pediatrician, huh? We have some questions for you and for David. Who is your Lord and Savior? Do you trust in him? Do you? And will you agree to lead Noah Lewis in his way? Will you? Excellent. You have some questions for the congregation, Newt?
0: Yes, will the congregation please stand? Do you, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture Noah Lewis Privetira by work and deed, with love and prayer, encouraging him to know and follow Christ and to be a faithful member of his church?
2: Excellent. You may be seated, friends. Anna, honey, I need your help. Will you come up, please? This beautiful young lady kicks with me in the dojo three times a week. And she's part of this extended family. Do me a favor. Go get the blanket and the certificate up there, okay? And then you can just stay there, all right? Noah Lewis, this water reminds us of the chaotic waters at creation. It reminds us of the waters through which the Israelites fled from the Egyptians. And it reminds us of the water that Jesus himself was baptized in at the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And it reminds you of the water that your mommy and daddy have been playing with you all these times. And I get to baptize you with it. Will you come to me, young man? Come here, big guy. Oh, my gosh. You are a big, beautiful boy. Look at that. Hi. See all these happy people? Noah Lewis Privetera. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may that blessing rest with you every day. Prayer for us?
0: Ever-living God, in your mercy, you promise to be not only our God, but also the God of our children. We thank you for receiving Noah Privetira by baptism. Keep him always in your love. Guide him as he grows in faith. Protect him in all the dangers and temptations of life. Bring him to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be his faithful disciple to his life's end. Gracious God, giver of all life, we also pray for his parents, David and Danielle, Give them wisdom and patience to guide their child in the way of Jesus Christ and the faith of the church. Let your peace and joy dwell in their home, that their family life may be instructed by faith, strengthened by prayer, and governed by love. Strengthen them in their own baptism, that they may rejoice as children of God and serve you faithfully in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Oh my gosh, he is just too cute. Now, I want you to see, see these wonderful young people here? Future babysitters, okay? (laughs) What do you guys think? Isn't he adorable? And friends, we have made some promises to this beautiful boy to be a support for him and for his family, to be not just extended family and friends, but Sunday school teachers, People who are going to go on mission trips with them, right, Dee, Dee, We're heading to Jamaica, right? People who are going to be part of Jazzy or take them other places, right? And you'll see them in the nursery, right, Ladderbox? And the rights will see them in the nursery. These are promises that are easy to verbalize. Not so easy to fill in reality. So I would encourage each one of us to stay connected to the light of the world, and speaking of which, thank you, Bruce, for getting that baptismal light because it gives us a reminder. Who gets him back? Here, big guy. Here you go. It gives us a reminder to be the light to the world. So, this baptism candle will encourage you to mark this anniversary. And as godparents, you all get to take your first role of schlepping things, okay? Because there's always gear with babies. Anna, would you come forward with that, honey? Do you know some of the godparents by this extended family? Go ahead and give them their blanket and their certificate. The blanket is from Presbyterian women, lovingly made. And the certificate reminds you of this special day. So use this anniversary time. Make it a celebration. It's really wonderful to do so. You'll find that on the candle there is an Alpha and an Omega reminding us that Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end. And the shell, for which you also see on the antipendia here, Reminds us that it, this is ordinary water accomplishing extraordinary things. Ordinary parenting accomplishing extraordinary things. More than extraordinary, I agree. Congratulations, Priveteros, and thank you for this opportunity to make this a celebration. God's blessings on you. Friends, are you ready to be, be- back in the kingdom with Craig? Oh, have a great time. Thank you very, very much.
3: In our tradition, we ordain and install elders and deacons, and we just install trustees. It kind of makes them sound like dishwashers. But the first thing we're going to do is to ordain and install newly elected deacons and elders. So I'm going to ask those of you who have been elected and are here as elders or deacons to come forward for the service of ordination and installation. There are different gifts, but it's the same Spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God and God works through different people in different ways. Each one is given a gift by the Spirit to use it for the common good. Together we are the body of Christ. Though we have different gifts, together we are a ministry of reconciliation for the risen Christ. We strive to make the church useful in the world, And we call all men and women to faith so that in the end every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Within our common ministry, some are chosen for particular work like ministers of the word or ruling elders or deacons. And in ordination, we recognize these special ministries, remembering that it was our Lord Christ who said, whoever among you wants to be great must become the servant of all. And if you want to become first, you must become the slave of all. God has chosen you by the voice of this church to serve Jesus Christ in a special way. And so we have these questions for you. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, acknowledge him Lord of the world and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, do you? Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ in the church universal and God's word to you, do you? Will you be instructed by the confessions of the church and led by them as you lead the people of God, will you? Will you be elders and deacons in obedience to Jesus Christ, under the authority of Scripture, and guided by the confessions? Will you? Do you endorse the church's government? Will you honor its discipline? Will you be a friend among your comrades in ministry, working with them, subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Do you and will you? Will you govern the way you live? by following the Lord Christ, loving neighbors, and working for the reconciliation of the world, will you? Will you seek to serve people with energy and intelligence and imagination and love, will you? For you elders, will you be faithful, watching over people, providing for their worship and instruction? Will you share in the government of the church, serving in its courts, And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and the justice of Jesus Christ, will you? And for you deacons, will you be faithful, teaching charity, urging concern, directing people's help to the friendless and those in need? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ, will you? Now, for those of you who have not been ordained before, we're going to invite you to kneel, but don't kneel yet. We're going to have a service that goes back to the first century for the laying on of hands and prayer. And we're going to invite all of the elders who have ever been ordained before that are here to come up and lay hands on you. The reason why I've asked you to wait is let them start to come so that your knees don't give out because the floor here is very hard. So, elders, for the laying on of hands, I invite you to come up. Now, those of you who have not been ordained, I invite you to kneel. They shall lay hands upon you or one another. Let us all pray. Almighty God, in every age you have chosen servants to speak your word and to lead your people. We thank you for these whom you have called to serve you. Give to them, O God, special gifts to do their special work. Fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they might have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus and be faithful disciples as long as they live. We ask it all in the Master's name. Amen. Now, you have plenty of people to help you stand. In the New Testament, it says that when you are ordained this way, that all of the brothers and sisters shall greet you uh, with a kiss of peace. More modern translations say, they shall greet you with a hearty handshake all around. I kind of like the old words, don't you? Uh, The way it appears in the Greek. Uh, However, it is, turn around and be greeted by these elders. (laughs) Welcome to this ministry. Welcome to this ministry, Jim. You better greet her with a kiss of peace. (laughs) Welcome to this ministry. Welcome to this ministry. Those to be installed as trustees, I invite you to come to the chancel. It's wonderful to see you. God has given you special gifts. And those gifts are to use to serve God. You have been elected for a very special work. Under the laws of the state of New York, you will hold and manage properties and, as authorized, conduct business for the church. By your energy and your honesty, And your fairness, you will demonstrate Christian faith to those with whom you deal on our behalf. Do you promise to give the business affairs of this congregation your devoted attention, to encourage generosity, and in all your dealings to work to further our service of Christ in the world, do you? A question for all of you. Do you receive these people as your trustees, and do you promise to support them in their work for the church? Do you? We do. Let us all pray. Holy God, you made this world and called it good, and appointed us to manage things as agents of your love. Guide your servants as they represent us and direct our business. Help them all to be wise children of light. Who show your trust by being trustworthy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we ask it. Amen. You are now officially a trustee there, Bill. Judith, welcome to this ministry. Luke, wonderful to have you as a trustee. Rob, you have really shown us what a trustee means. Thank you so much for being a trustee. God bless you. That wasn't so difficult. Your knees are still in good tack. That's one of the benefits of being trustees. Thank you.
2: Testament for today comes from Isaiah chapter 60. We're quite familiar with Isaiah making prophecies of things that are going to happen, and then they do. We know from Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 11 that he often talks about the baby Jesus to come as the light of the world and the Savior of the nations. We also know that a change happens, because up to about Isaiah 40, He's always talking about gloom and doom and how Judah is going to be overrun. Then his predictions become a little more comforting. And here we are in Isaiah 60, and Isaiah is still predicting things that are going to happen. They're going to happen to you and to me, and I invite you to hear these predictions for each one of us. Arise! Shine! For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. And shall proclaim the praise of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And all of that good news that Isaiah was prophesying continues and comes to fruition in John's gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What had come into being was life, and that life was the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own would not accept him. But to those who would receive him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom it was said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Newt Green, as our presiding elder, I want to thank you not just for warm water at the baptism, but for lighting up the sanctuary and the chancel. It looks great. It takes a lot of people to make things happen, doesn't it? Unseen, like officers that gather here. Very important. So I have this question for all of us. Is the light of Christmas still shining in your home? Here we are on the ninth day of Christmas with nine ladies dancing. And as you heard from Pastor Bruce, there really are 12 days of Christmas. They lead us from Christmas Day through this Christmas tide, up through Epiphany. And on this twelfth day, traditionally, the wise men appeared. Now, we have no idea whether or not there were actually three wise men. As you heard in our scripture, they, gave giving, they came giving gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we assign one person to each of the gifts. But there are other traditions that say that there were six, eight, ten, or twelve magi. But the Bible does not specify three, six, eight, ten, or twelve, one way or the other. Similarly, the Bible does not specify for us what traditions we are to use to mark the birth of the baby Jesus, the light of Christmas. In many parts of the world, Epiphany is a much bigger deal than Christmas is, with gift giving associated with treasure-bringing men as opposed to the big, jolly, red-suited guy. In some places, children leave shoes filled with hay outside their doors so that the hay is for the camels of the wise men. And those camels and their riders will leave presents in exchange for the hay that they use as the camels continue on their way to Bethlehem. So, is the light of Christmas still shining in your home? All right, don't get so anxious. I'm not talking about all the Christmas ornaments and the tree lights and everything else that you've got to get put away before school starts. I'm not talking about the garlands and the lights outside and the blow-up characters and the lit um, Rudolph the Reindeers that might be on on your rooftops. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, is the light of Christmas... Still shining in your heart meaningfully. Yes, it is. It is, Kathy. It is shining in your heart meaningfully. Right there. Absolutely, honey. It is. Did you follow the star wherever it went? Did you go to what you knew would be a very dark and scary place, but surprisingly found a light so brilliant that it transformed you from within? Have you arisen, shown, seen your light come? Have you been that light so brilliant that no darkness could ever dampen it out? Well, none of us, by ourselves, can be that light of Christmas, shining as brilliantly as the light of the world can. We certainly can't keep that particular brilliance going 24-7, 365 days of the year. Just think about how exhausted we all are after braving the crowds at the mall before Christmas or maybe on Boxing Day in the sales after Christmas. Or think how patient we had to be with all the toddlers or teenagers running around in our homes during these holiday periods. Or how politely amused by Uncle Herbert's oft-repeated stories we had to pretend to be. Or consider how guiltily weary we might be of the It's not too late appeals that we've all gotten from the many charities who need that last-minute contribution from us just to make their mission happen. Or contemplate with me, friends, the plight of 60 million refugees in this year alone who have had to flee from horrific situations. That's 1 in 180 people on this planet As millions of Star Wars fans have found out over the last two weeks, the light of Christmas has even ceased to shine in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) No wonder the light of Christmas might not be shining in our homes and in our hearts genuinely. The light had ceased to shine in the hearts and homes of the Israelites a long, long time ago, too. Our Old Testament lesson today is written to Jewish refugees in their 6th century BCE Babylonian exile. Dragged away from their homes, the Israelites have been assimilated into the Babylonian culture over many years and generations. They have hung up their harps and wept by the rivers of Babylon. They've been as desperately sad as the images we see today of a drowned three-year-old Syrian refugee Now, in the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah had been warning Judah that exile would be its fate. Do you think they listened? No. Do we? No. But suddenly, in Isaiah 40, the tone shifts entirely, and we get these lovely verses, Comfort, O comfort my people. And in Isaiah 60, our text for today, we hear that not only is Israel to be restored, it is to be a light to the nations. You see, God's specialty is to save, so breaking Israel out of her Babylonian captivity is God's way of being a light. Israel's specialty, did you know this? Israel's specialty is to attract the nations to God so that they too will receive God's blessing. Israel's light is drawing others to God's light. The nations, in turn, all have their specialties to bring to God. Camel loads of it, including gold and frankincense, through which we make our linkage to the star and the wise men in Matthew 2 for today. Did you notice that in Isaiah 60 there's mention of gold and frankincense? But when we get to Matthew 2, for some reason there's gold and and frankincense, and myrrh. Inflation, I guess. This star that has miraculously appeared shines over all races, over all kingdoms, and over all peoples. The word nations in Greek is ethnos. Ethnic, right? The Bethlehem star shines over all ethnic groups. Now, early church tradition names these three kings as Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Supposedly, Gaspar was an Indian scholar, Melchior was a Persian scholar, and Balthazar was an Arabian scholar. Can you guess the colors of their skin? Black, yellow, and white. In other words, Christ is for all races— Today, that same star shines over Moscow, Peking, Bangkok, Paris, London, New York, Riverton, Jamaica, Katali, Kenya, and South Carolina, where our missionaries already are and will be going. It shines over capitalists and communists and socialists. It shines over Democrats and Republicans and those all-important independents in New Hampshire that apparently are going to decide the election for us way before we get a chance to do so. It shines over rich people and poor people and everyone in between. The love of God revealed in that star is for all people, and God's love is not confined to one little group. God's love transcends race, age, gender, marital status, nationality, economic class, social strata, political beliefs, and economic systems. But deep down inside, I suspect that each one of us At some point in our lives, thinks, the star shines a little brighter on me, on my family, on my beliefs, on the people that I vote for, doesn't it? The star of Bethlehem said and says that God's love is for all people and all races and all kingdoms. You and I don't have a corner on God's love or a corner on God's light at all, but we do have a responsibility to share that light that we do have. The first thing that the Star of Bethlehem guides us to see is that God loves everybody in the world just as much as God loves you and me. So what else does the Star of Bethlehem mean for us today? Well, I personally know that I would love for it to mean that God would eliminate the dark places. And you know some of them. I would love for God to get rid of cancer and autism, and a couple other things. But God never promised to take away our darkness. What God did promise was to give us light, a light in the midst of that darkness. And God's light will help us to live in a sometimes dark world. We can think, each of us, of plenty of examples for what this dark world is. The prophet Isaiah said, darkness shall cover the earth and darkness shall blanket the earth life can continue to be overwhelmingly dark especially at some moments in our history either personal or familial or national so we light our fragile little candles of happiness but they're easily blown out today I'm happy Tomorrow, I fall and break something. Today, I'm smiling. and Tomorrow, my child is in an accident. Today, I'm rich. And tomorrow, I'm poor when my company is tightening up and I am downsized. Today, I'm a success. And tomorrow, I'm a failure. Life's little candles of happiness are really fragile and easily snuffed out. But... There is one light that is never snuffed out. There is one light that always shines in the darkness. There is one light that the darkness cannot overcome, and you and I know what it is. Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is our joy, not fragile happiness. So in the midst of your dark world and in the midst of mine, we keep our eyes focused on that eternal word, that light of Jesus Christ. And we hear the words from Isaiah, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And this hopeful message is echoed in the opening verses of the Gospel of John. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, If we start thinking that we have to put on our superhero capes and be the one who charges into the burning building to rescue the baby in order to be a light, then our expectations are way out of line with reality and we will, darned as donuts, we are going to be disappointed. It will stop us from trying if our expectations are too high. Start small, friends. Because a little light dispels the night. We know this to be true. One of my favorite things to do every night when the house is quiet and I'm ready to go to bed, I go back into Rachel and Wes's bedrooms. And I know the way so well that I don't turn on any lights. But if I want to see their face while they're sleeping so beatifically, I will turn on one of Wes's little pen lights. And that little pen light lights up the entire second floor. Start small, friends. A little light will dispel the darkness. This is the time of year, I know you've all seen it, where we start making lists. The top ten stories of the year. The top 100 persons of the year. The top ten albums of the year. You name it. Well, our own... Democrat and Chronicle columnist and Pittsburgh resident, David Andriotta, compiled his top ten stories, and one of my favorites made it to his list this year. This summer, at the end of June, one of the ministries that our presbytery supports, the Conkey Cruisers, underwent a tragic blow. This not-for-profit group was founded in 2012, and its purpose is to help get residents of the Conkey and Clinton neighborhood biking together to improve some Uh, some personal health habits. Well, sadly, about 150 bikes were stolen from their padlocked locker. But the group's founder, Teresa Balwick, she didn't lose heart. She got the word out via social media so that people would know what would happen, and lo and behold, a miracle. The Democrat and Chronicle itself sponsored a drive at its printing press, and people brought in more than 100 bikes all within a few days. Now, granted, some of these bikes were in not such great condition, but others were just gathering dust in attics and garages and back sheds, and still others had brand-new price tags on them. Donors were both moved and frustrated by what happened where this neighborhood group was trying to dispel the darkness with a little bit of light. Patricia Vanderweel of Gates said, this is a local group, and it sounds like they could really use some help. Now what the story didn't cover, and I'm happy to report to you today, is that the Conky cruisers are much better off than they were when they started. With the attention that they received, they got more bikes, more money, more funds, more awareness. And that darkness that tried to overshadow their light was dispelled. Our second lesson from the star is to rise and shine. Because Christ is the source of our light and the darkness, my friends, will not overcome it. So, what's the third lesson as we're making this Christmas tide journey towards Epiphany for the star? The star wants us to follow, just as the wise men did. Humankind has always followed stars to guide them. For centuries, sailors have navigated the oceans by means of watching the stars. And there are millions of stars up in the sky, but there's only one star primarily used by navigators when they're not cheating and using their garments and other electronic means, right? That's the North Star, which is also known as Polaris. And it's the only star that is right above the axis of the Earth. So for all of you Eagle Scouts out there who already know this, be quiet. We're going to teach the rest of the group that may not. Do you know how to find the North Star? You start with the Big Dipper, right? And you line up the star's that are in the dipper. And then you go up from that line and you'll get to the handle of the little dipper. And the handle of the little dipper is Polaris, the north star. That's what you can use to guide yourself. We can navigate by that north star, by that Polaris, by Christ, the light of the world. So I want to encourage us, friends, never lose sight of that star And when we inevitably do, consider communion to be an opportunity to use our compass and be reoriented to that star. So my prayer for us, each of us, on this Epiphany Week is that we will keep asking what the star means for each one of us at any point in time. That we will welcome all peoples to its light that we will be confident that no darkness will overcome that light, and that we will leave our self-constructed harbors of security to steer our courses by Christ, the light of the world. Amen.
3: Thank you, Carrie, for shining light on the text of Scripture. I've enjoyed this tree over here all Advent, Christmas. The tree was actually given to us as a gift by some members of this congregation. And then our two custodial staff, um, Bill Mullins and John O'Flaherty, put it up and made sure that it was lit. And then John looked at the tree and said, you know, there's something missing. It needs a star on the top. So he went to his own home and brought the star from his house and his tree and left it there. I thought, what a wonderful gift. That's the kind of light that calls us to a time of giving and offering. There's a prayer we can use. Giver of every good and perfect gift, tribute and glad praises we bring to you. Let the words of our mouths proclaim the dawn of redemption Christ inaugurates. Use our talents to spread abroad the good news of his reconciling love. By our gifts may a sad and needy world be enriched and comforted.
2: According to Luke's story of the disciples walking to Emmaus, when our risen Lord was at table with those who were certainly feeling as if the darkness had overcome their lives because they were convinced that Jesus' death on the cross meant that he was never coming back, he told them all about the Old Testament scriptures that attested to the Messiah's coming. And they still didn't get it. But then he took a loaf of bread. And he blessed it, and he broke it. And then the light clicked on for them, and their eyes were opened. And they realized that he was amongst them, still. And then he vanished. But friends, he is still here. He's present in these elements. He's present in our hearts. So come, because all is made ready for each one of us Come.
3: Please join me in prayer. Throughout the ages, O God, you called your people to love and serve you and to be a light among nations. And then when we failed you, you did not fail us, but sent prophets to call us back. We praise you that in the fullness of time you revealed your love by sending your son Jesus to be light to the world. He came to heal our brokenness and set before us the ways of justice and peace. Therefore, we praise you. Baptized by John in the Jordan, our Christ lived for you, spoke your truth, showed your love, Gave himself for others, and in his death on the cross, overcame death. And then, rising from the tomb, he raised us to life eternal, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. We give you thanks that the Lord Jesus, on the night before he died, so gave us this supper. Remembering your gracious acts in Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we wait the day of his coming again. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be living and holy sacrifices dedicated to your service. So pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. We ask it in the Master's name. Amen.
2: On the night of his arrest, certainly a dark night for Jesus, our Lord and Savior was eating at supper, and he took a loaf of bread, and as was his custom, he gave thanks to God for it, and then he did something very different. He broke it, and he gave it to each of his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken, for you do this in remembrance of me. In gratitude for his light and seeking to be lights shining, we do.
3: In very much the same way, after supper, our Lord took the cup as I do, ministering in his name. He said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. He would then add, as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again. Behold the cup of salvation poured out for you. Drink ye all of it. The cup of salvation poured out for you. May the cup of salvation poured out for you. Grant the cup of salvation poured out for you. You, the cup of salvation poured out. For you.
2: Friends, we have much to celebrate today as you can tell. Not just the ordination and installation of this bevy of officers, and in case you're wondering who they might be, you'll find in your bulletin a full listing. 76 trombones on the hit parade. There's 76 officers. Welcome and thank you very much for your service. These will be printed onto the pictorial directories that have been stolen from your pews and will be restored once we've gotten them added and, and laminated onto the church directory so you can see who these officers are and thank them for serving. We're also giving thanks and praise to God that Florence Kafari is 90 years old today. Oh. Yeah, we do give thanks and praise for that. We also are celebrating a wonderful baptism and a great bevy of guests amongst us. And we're also giving thanks for the beautiful flowers that the Privateras have placed before us to remember Noah's baptism. The flowers in front of the communion table are to commemorate Betty Phelps' life, whose memorial service was held this past Tuesday. Caregivers amongst our deacons, please, even if this is not your Sunday, please take from this bevy of flowers and share them. And there probably will be some left over, so if you know friends of somebody who could use some beauty in their home, please come and take pieces and make a bouquet. You'll find... um, supplies in the kitchen for that. We are also in prayer for our mission team that is already headed down to South Carolina or will be heading there. No falling through scaffolding this year, Bruce. And we're looking forward to their returning safely with great stories for us. Friends, please join me in prayer. God, you are an amazing light in this world. Thank you for teaching us to be light, for feeding us at this table so that we can be beatific, and radiating your grace. Teach us to keep doing so in the words of what your Son, our Savior, taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy thy will will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give Give us this day our daily bread, and and forgive us our debts as as we forgive our our debtors. debtors. And And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the the power power and and the glory. glory.